Welcome everyone, this is another episode of That Record Got Me. Hi, I'm your host Rob Elba. As always, it's great having you all with me. I have a guest, I think this is the furthest away a guest has ever been. He's nine time zones ahead of me. He is in Slovenia? Slovenia, uh, Ljubljana. Ljubljana, yeah, I wasn't even going to try and pronounce the city. Uh, Ljubljana, Slovenia, I'd like to welcome back to the show returning guest Rory Cox. Welcome back to the show, Rory. Thank you, Rob. It's great to great to be on again. Yeah. Now, Rory, the last time you were on, were you in California? I was. Yes, <laughs> I was in Oakland. That was that was before retirement, and uh, now now we are after I retired from my job at the state of California, and uh, moved to the, yeah this, this uh, city of Ljubljana, uh, Slovenia. Um, beautiful little town. Well, it's it's actually not little. It's just kind of mid sized. It's about. 200,000 people, and it is one of the smallest European capitals or probably capital anywhere. And it's in Slovenia, which sits between Italy, Croatia, Hungary, and Austria. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, because I, I was just telling Rory, I'm not that good with geography, so I had no <laughs> idea where it was. Now, Rory, first thing I got to ask you, we're doing a Zoom thing. Is that background, is that actually your background that you see, or is that just the background no. that you put up there? <laughs> this is about, it's a background. I took this picture. It is about, uh, it's about two kilometers away from here. Oh, okay. So, so it is. I, I, can, <laughs> I can walk to the spot with not much problem. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. amazing and uh, awesome. So what made, uh, what made the move there to uh, Slovenia? You know, I just like it here. And um, my my wife and I always knew we wanted to retire in Europe someday um, or move to Europe someday, not necessarily retire. Um, and um, I mean, we'll both still be, she's she's working and I will be working at some point um, <laughs> doing, doing, doing something. I'm just not working for the state of California anymore. But, right. uh, but you know, having traveled in Europe a lot, we just, we kind of knew that we always wanted to live here. We just sort of like the, the pace of things and the way just things are here. And we kind of had a short list of places to move to uh, that we wanted to move to. And this was kind of, this one sort of emerged as, um, as the top one. Now, one of the things that was, a selling point is that we actually have a few friends here and one of them is uh in the walkabouts so uh oh, so, okay yeah i knew because yeah. you had sent some emails back and forth and told me and you would said about how you had spoke to some of them and i'm thinking oh, okay he's got like a real connection to these guys i do yes yeah so so, so chris ekman who i've known for a long time uh, also lives in ljubljana um not not far from where i live so that so so that was kind of like a well we you know we know someone Chris is cool let's you know let's move there right all right well so you uh, spoiler alert you gave it away so what are we talking about what's the band what's the album we're talking about the walkabouts night town 1997 yeah all right so the walkabouts they so they were a band originally Seattle right Seattle 1984 yes. was when they formed 
But they sort of had a whole resurgence in Europe, right? I mean, they're they're. Re- I guess it's safe to say they're much more well known in Europe than they are in the U.S., right? Yes. Um, yeah, they got their start in. Yeah, like you said, they, they started with uh, three three brothers, um, the three brothers Ekman. They uh, and and uh, their vocalist and a guitar player Carla and uh, that was that was the first lineup and then over a few years two of the brothers left the band and um, and then they but then they upped themselves to a five piece um, really they never left they never left Seattle I mean they've always been a they were always a Seattle band even though they never toured the United States so what they would do is they would play a kickoff show usually in Seattle and then they go tour Europe um, I mean they, they tried to break the American market for many years and uh, toured like crazy for a good, I don't know, probably 10 years of their career um, in the United States. Um, And then, you know, when they went to Europe, they just found that was the crowds were a lot more receptive and they got a major record label deal and, you know, all kinds of things just fell into place once they just forgot about touring the United States and then went to Europe. Some of their best work, you know, the, the United States never I mean, only later got to hear because, you know, it wasn't in record stores before the internet. If you weren't in record stores, you didn't exist. So, so for, for, I imagine a lot of listeners probably maybe remember the walkabouts from before 1995. Um, but but then they and then everything kind of dropped off because they just that was when they just decided to just tour Europe all the time and not worry about the United States and so and, and you know got fairly successful here in in Europe and you know just forgotten in the United States except for Seattle right. um, but that but you couldn't find their records you know so if, you know no internet there's you, you didn't exist <laughs> right 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 and so and so so and those are some of the best I mean some of the most fully realized albums happened after they after they made that shift right right with right big, bigger recording budgets and you know oh yeah yeah and uh, yeah because this this album is like uh amazing like the amount of people that mm-hmm. play on it and it's got whole like orchestration but it but it's like real orchestration on it like we're, we're, yes right? yeah <laughs> it's like we it's like we have a recording budget and we're going to use it <laughs> yeah yeah um and it's yeah. amazing and the one thing that i never knew that they were on because they're seattle they were on sub pop but not like a band uh from that time that you would expect to be on a sub pop they must have been a, a, kind of like an outlier band Right. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, when they got they they were there at the sort of inception of sub pop, you know, the, the Seattle scene in the 80s, it was like a lot of them were working at Muzak, um, you know, which is, you know, Muzak, they provide uh, soft, soft music for commercial spaces right. like doctor's offices and things like that. It's like a subscription service. Right. Um, and um, and so a lot of so ironically, these, you know, heavy rocker dudes. We're all working at Muzak, uh, including Bruce Pavitt, who you know was the um, who, who started Sub Pop, and Mark Arm from Mudhoney, and Grant from the Walkabouts, and you know a lot of other musicians. That, that was kind of like where a lot of them met each other. Was working at the soft, I don't know what you call it, easy listening thing, uh, packaged right. music uh, company, and and th- you know they were just all friends, and it wasn't like you know 
we're the walkabouts, we're songwriters, you guys are grunge, we're not going to talk to each other. They were just all friends. It was just a big right. friendly scene. And um, and then Sub Pop happened and, you know, this explosion of bands happened that were all leather jackets and long hair and, you know, just kind of visceral, uh, you know, um, and that kind of reached its nadir with Nirvana. Um, and I'm not going to use the G word, but um, right. <laughs> but you you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah. And so there are all those bands, you know, Mud Honey, Blood Circus, Tad. Soundgarden, and then there was the Walkabouts, who were totally different and you know much more into the craft of songwriting and creating sort of soundscapes in the studio and um you know their their, their influences are more like towns van zant and richard thompson and scott walker and uh right, right, you know right. there's, and lots of other types of that And, uh, you know, whatever, everyone else is kind of like Led Zeppelin, you know, and uh, right, right, um, right, right. And so, um, but, you know, they, they, they all kind of were friends. But then once, you know, Sub Pop, you know, they kind of got lost in that, you know, that that whole scene. And that's kind of a, a big reason. Right? They kind of got overshadowed by the. Right. By right. The, that, yeah. The, which the, is the something. Heavy... Yeah. I mentioned it's funny. I just met just on the last episode I did before this. I mentioned again because it was a band that put a record out um, a trip Shakespeare in 1990. The same mm -hmm. year that uh, Nevermind Nirvana came out. And yeah, it was kind of like if you weren't that you kind of got <laughs> lost. Uh, you kind of got lost at that time because it just it was yeah. so big. Um, yes. Now, one thing I was going to ask you. So, did the uh, John Baker Saunders, uh, bass player, uh, uh, did uh, did he play on this album? Is he playing on this? Yes, he yes. is. This is the only. Right. This, yeah, this is the only album he plays on. Okay, all right, but he did because uh, also another thing, just the fact that um, uh, the fact that they're so much well known in Europe, it's kind of hard to find out a lot, especially about this album. It was kind of hard to find out a lot about it because I don't right. actually have the actual album. Although I did, I was able to get it on Bandcamp. I was able to download the uh, the actual record on Bandcamp, which is awesome, which is great that I was mm -hmm. able to do that. But yeah, right. John Baker Saunders, the founding member of what? Of the grunge supergroup Mad Season, which we did Season, oh, some episodes right. ago. Yeah, which right. kind of like, I was like, wait, what? But then of course, yeah, yeah. It, it made <laughs> sense but like you said it yeah. made sense because these were all people that knew each other and were friends and it wasn't like yeah it's not like you have to say oh well, if you aren't a grunge band then i'm not gonna speak to you or hang out with you no it's not like that of course not yeah yeah and what i mean you know mike wells is their um you know the the most permanent bass player they had but he uh he he took a hiatus from the band for a, a couple maybe three albums and uh and so they kind of had a, a few different bass players in that in that period mike rejoined a few years later 
Right, right. But um, all right. So mainly, uh, the the main songwriter is uh, has always been Chris, though, right? Chris Eggman, yes. uh, singer, yes. uh, songwriter Chris Eggman, and then Carla Torgerson is the other vocal, the female vocal you hear most most prominently. And uh, right. yeah, it, it's it's really interesting because a lot of times, uh, as as you had mentioned to me, it, it uh, Carla will be singing, but it's maybe words that were written by Chris, and it's just kind mm-hmm. of in- interesting sometimes how, how that mm-hmm. uh, comes out. Yes, yes, and yeah, um, it, it is. Yeah, he kind of yeah um, write, writes parts for her. Yeah, her. You know, it's just interesting because yeah yeah because he's obviously uh he obviously <laughs> has her in mind and he's writing yes. from a female trying to write from a female point of view but this is a a, a man obviously writing it but she's right. singing it and yeah it does bring interesting and one thing before we get into it one another thing you had mentioned to me when you were talking about doing this album was you felt that it was kind of like um uh you felt like it was the third part of a trilogy we did the uh, triffids and we did yes. american music club and they're both they're both kind of I would say uh, like minded bands that were sort of overlooked cr- criminally overlooked you would say a lot of time aren't as well known as they maybe should be but yeah I, right. I kind of saw that I saw the Triffids and American yeah. Music Club and the Walkabouts yeah I definitely see a yeah. kinship with those three yes and actually the, the Vincent Van Voot um, I think that's how you pronounce his name uh, who produced the Triffids produced this album. Oh, okay, okay, nice. So, yeah, so this album... Australian producer. Okay, uh, so this album, they were, uh, it came out in 1997, and this was Virgin, they were signed on Virgin uh, Germany, right? Yes, and one of the things that, um, this is the second album they did for Virgin. The first one did pretty well. They actually had a hit single, um, The Light Will Stay On, which was, yeah, I think it was used in a commercial even for something. I go to sleep before the devil wakes And I wake up Before the angels take And it, it sold pretty well. They recorded this album. They had to do it pretty quickly. They had a, the record company, Virgin, wanted something pretty quickly. And they did it. They turned it around, even with the big orchestra and everything. Um, they just, you know, went... went crazy within in the studio and um the, one of the the, the management at uh version got back to them and said that this uh, maybe they didn't get these tell them this but what they found out was that they the guy was like this sounds like the this is the sound of a band that wants to commit suicide oh jesus yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they totally slashed the marketing budget for this album. It did not sell well, um, and you know, uh, and, and I, I mean, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't disagree more in terms of no, no. But also, an, another interesting thing is that when you, when I'm listening to this album now, which I had never listened to before. It sounds like a lot of bands now that came out, like the uh, National and uh, Fleet mm-hmm. Boxes and things like that. Like I could yep, totally yep. see this coming out now, and someone not knowing and saying, "Oh wow, these guys are really good." And it's definitely yeah. of uh, you know some of these bands are even on Sub Pop now. Yeah, I was going to say this is you know nowadays the walkabouts would fit into Sub Pop no problem because right. <laughs> right. you know who's on Sub Pop? It's the Fleet Foxes and Beach House and Wise Blood and uh, you know very a very eclectic group of bands that sound nothing like Nirvana. Right, right, and, exactly. uh, and, uh, um, and yes, and it, this is the kind of thing that Sub Pop would put out now. You know, it would have totally 
makes sense. Right, right. And it's really, yeah, it's really good. So I just before we get into it, the first song, I'm going to just say a lot of these songs are definitely, they, they take their time. And mm-hmm. so I'm playing, we're going to listen to little clips, but I'll play in the episode. I'll put other part in because you can't just getting a little one minute or so clip from it. You're not going to get the full uh, gist of the song, but I, I hope uh, people listen to this and it sounds interesting and they will actually dive into it because it's definitely worth diving into. But right, wouldn't you agree, Rory? these songs take their time and you really got to spend some uh, spend some time with them especially this first one um this first one really takes its time um which i mean maybe that's maybe this is as far as that guy at version ever got you know right right he heard this oh my god so yeah so anyway um you know and 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 some of the and some of the most over-the-top you know catchiest stuff comes late in the album Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, sure. It is It is kind of sequenced. Yeah, you, you're right. Uh, but let's, uh, all right, yeah. let's get into the first track. Let's listen to the opening track, a little bit of uh, following the angel. just a mood i mean it, it mm-hmm. it's such an overused term to say cinematic but you kind yes. of have to say that about this whole album right yeah yeah and this is i mean all their previous albums were very i mean thematically it was kind of about rural you know rural american decline and dysfunction and stories from small towns and the woods and um, and this is the first time they kind of thematically went to the city. Oh, okay, and it's, okay. it's, 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 it's in the album cover and it's, it just kind of comes up. This is a very urban sounding album more than their, their previous albums. Um, I, I mean, I like in this, this is kind of like their, their big budget film noir, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, and, uh, and oh, those, those, those voices, I mean, you know, the, the, the two of them together were like, you know, 
like Lee Hazelwood and Nancy Sinatra, you know, in a song like that. And oh, yeah, they like immediately the, the, draw you in. You're drawn in immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the uh, city's shivering, shivers in the heat that we call summertime. And I'm delivering the one piece of the puzzle that you could not find. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, like I said, it immediately draws you in. I mean, I'm sitting here. We're really, I'm, uh, it's 11 in the afternoon here. What is it, like 8 p.m. there? 8.15, yeah. All right, but I feel like I had, I'm drinking PM. like a uh, rye. I'm, I'm uh, drinking some rye. I felt like I had to, even though it's before noon. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I um, have a bourbon Manhattan myself. There you go. There you go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You feel like you almost have to. Now, the, the uh-huh. one thing I didn't ask you was how you uh, discovered them in the first place. When did you first become a fan of them? Yeah. So I was uh, I was the editor of a magazine called a fanzine called Bravier, um, kind of turned into what we might call a magazine. But uh, Bravier, a magazine that we put out of Oakland in the uh, early mid 80s. And um, early, early on, it was kind of like the... You know, they sent an album, and it was like one of the first free albums I got in the mail. It was like, "Well, look, people send you albums, right?" To review, you <laughs> nice. and, and it came with and it came with a really nice note, and um, and I, you know, listened to it. It's like, oh, you know, the first is our first EP, Twenty Two Disasters, oh, wow. and, and and I listened to it, and it's like, oh, you know, this sounds this sounds this sounds okay, you know. It's just like this. I, I could see this band really you know, getting a lot better. And um, there's a, this, this band just sounds like it has a lot of potential. They've got all, you know, they just sound good. Um, it wasn't a classic, but it was kind of like, you know, pretty, pretty decent EP. And, um, and I, uh, and I, I wrote back to them. I think I, I wrote back to them and just said, I think maybe they said, yeah, we're going to come down on tour, you know, uh, in November. So I think I just called them and then I said, Hey, you know, if you guys need a place to stay, so the Bravier House um, was kind of a, an indie rock crash pad, and we had bands. Oh, nice! You know, uh, yeah, we had, it was, it was one of those houses, you know, right? Uh, um, for better or for worse. Um, but for the walkabout stayed, it was stayed. It was for better because they were really nice, and it was really fun to have them. And uh, and you know, we just hit it off. And they this is the first of several times that they stayed at our house. Oh, nice. That's great. Yeah. All right. So now here, what I mentioned, this is where the orchestra, the, I guess you could say the Nighttown Orchestra definitely appears yeah. in full on this That's next one. It. And uh, yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty awesome. Let's listen to these proud streets. To the streets, brazen and broken, never know, no. Just with those strings and and the lyrics, they're very 
evocative, but they're also, you know, they're, they're not, nothing's on the nose. They're just sort of painting this picture. Mm-hmm. Ain't what I need, but I took what I came for. Ain't what I said. Mouthful of straw. Circus night eats one a stranger, all expectant, all a blur. I mean, uh, it's just, like I said, very evocative. Um, right. It, it's kind of like, you know, I'm listening to this, and I think it's kind of like really uh, grown-up, really grown-up rock music. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Chris Chris reads a lot, um, and uh, the, the name Nighttown is actually a reference to, it's, it's in uh, James Joyce's Ulysses. Oh, really? Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, which is, you know, uh, a book Makes that sense, I, makes sense. Yeah, yeah that I, I read once, and it was, it was rough reading. But, oh, my uh, God, no, I could, I could not get through that. I, <laughs> yeah. I will fully admit it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> um, but, but, I mean, that, and, and that book is a, I mean, it's, a, it's just, a, it's somebody's thought process. It's, uh uh, if I forget the character's name, but it's just him. All, uh, the book is just written from his, his, it's all just his unfiltered thinking. Right. And right, you can right. kind of see that influence come out in a song like this. It's kind of like somebody's internal thinking just phrases oh, yeah, put together. For sure. like that. And then speaking of influences, they kind of tip their hand in this next one, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Right at the beginning of it. And uh, I'll let everyone discover it uh, the way I did. But uh, let's just do a little bit of Tremble Goes the Night. Getting stupid, crooked feet A pinball on Scott Walker's dream Getting stupid in a bar not going home till the band plays Superstar Everything's on the edge of everything else You're hitting a stride that cannot be stopped People been calling all the way from Florida Said you're going Yeah, so yeah, uh, name checks Scott Walker there. I've seen a hand, I've seen a vision. It was reaching through the clouds to risk a dream. A shadow crossed the sky and it crushed it to the ground. And you know what? There's a certain a timelessness to all of this because you really, you really, if, if I had didn't know when it came out, like in 97, I, you, you wouldn't be able to pinpoint. Like I said, this could be <laughs> an album that came out uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's very true. Uh, or maybe, you know, 1979. Exactly. You know. Right. <laughs> or something, you know, I, I'm, I, you know, a singer songwriter kind of era, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, but the way it's produced as well, it's not, you know, some, some 80s stuff, even if it's good, you can't, you just hear, Oh yeah, that came out in the mid eighties because they had that like certain drum right. sound or something, but that's not mm-hmm. apparent in any of this. It's just very mm-hmm. well-crafted and very uh, timeless. 
Yeah. And I have to say, in this song, I mean, this song has, has got more of a narrative to it. And it's it's kind of like there's that, it's just sort of, just sounds like it's just about a, an annoying guy at a bar, you know? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, ain't going home till the band plays Superstar, you know? You it go. just He just paints a picture of some, you know, some idiot stumbling around a bar that just is... You know, getting into, getting in everyone's face and thinks he's the funniest guy in the world. Exactly, <laughs> and and I love the little uh, Florida call out. People calling all the yes. way from Florida. You said you're going uh, down there for a week or more. Yeah, that that definitely gets close to home for me. I'm sure it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, really good stuff. So yeah, this is what uh, this next one unwind. This is what I was talking about that. Chris wrote uh, just about all the lyrics, but they're, when they're delivered from Carla, it definitely hits like a, a different way. And I'm sure he was very aware of that. And uh, they use they use both their voices, I would say, to uh, you know to uh, to lay out these songs in a way that wouldn't be the same if they didn't have both their voices singing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely apparent here. Let's listen to a little bit of unwind. So listening to this, like I said, me listening to it for the first time, I could totally hear Chris singing this, but it would just hit a completely different way than when mm-hmm. uh, Carla's singing it. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean Carla's and Carla's vocals are just so, you know, just so perfect. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah they're they just really kind of, are. They're just kind of, they're just kind of, you know, she just kind of has this world weary kind of seen it all kind of tone to her voice or something. I don't know how to describe it, but. Um, like uh, you know, it's it's just sort of a very yeah, well, kind of like a female take on the uh, on the male world weary, you know, uh, detached, mm-hmm. uh, semi detached delivery. But yeah, like I said, it it just hits a, a different way with her uh, with her singing it and singing these lyrics. Yeah, yeah, and I, I should just note that right around this time, um, she actually had sort of a you know a semi hit in the UK, I guess, when with a duet with the the Tinder Sticks. Um, Really? Yeah, a song called Traveling Light. I've been looking through some of them old pictures. They don't say jog my memory. I'm not waking in the morning, staring at the walls these days. Um. 
um, and um, where her and Stuart Staples kind of exchange uh, exchange. It's like a dialogue almost, um, right. and uh, um, it's a beautiful song. And um, and so yeah, the Tinder Sticks saw her saw in her voice something that they that they should. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Add to their add to their song. It was one of their most popular songs. Right, right, right. Um, all right. So now we got uh, another one. Again, we have the orchestrations in this one that just really, like I said, just really elevates everything. It's just a, such a great sounding uh, album. You know, uh, from beginning to end, especially if you just sort of let it envelope you and you get kind of lost in it. And uh, this is definitely uh, you do. Uh, let's do a little bit of lift your burdens up. Been a lot of rain out there Rain and blind The summer's coming slow this year It's rain and blind And if you come back tonight I let it fall away If you come back better have the guts to stay yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um <laughs> yeah there's definitely um so you you're obviously much uh well versed with their whole uh things but there's a lot of um relationship songs i would say on this one but not your standard mm-hmm. relationship songs but definitely it, uh, a lot of it comes down to that yes yeah and i think probably this album more than any of their other albums a lot of their other albums um yeah, I mean, it, it, relationships come up now and then in their previous albums, and they're—I could say—all their other albums. And there, one thing that's completely missing from this album is violence, um, which is in all in in you know they have eleven albums of original material. Oh, um, okay, okay. And uh, and and you know, in that whole sort of rural dysfunction, economic decline, there's a lot of violence in those songs, and there are some outright murder ballads in you know some of the songs that they have in some of the other albums. Um, and you know, I would I would, uh, and this album is, I mean, every, all their albums sound different from each other. They, as they say, like once they record an album, they try to run away from the. the their their modus operandi was to run away from whatever they just did to something else, right, um, because right. they were kind of they kind of restless that way, and um, and like the, the you know the album Acetylene, which came out around uh, two thousand right during the Iraq War, 
you know, and there was just and they were just so angry about that. And they and they just put out this album that I mean, it sound it sounded like it would have fit in with sub pop back in, you know, um back in 1990. Right. Um in terms of it was just like heavy, you know, just heavy, heavy rock album, just guitars turned up, feedback, noise. Um, and um, but you know, with their songwriting underneath all that, and it's totally different than this album. Um and um and so that's you know that's kind of how how they they were they were just genre jump but it was but they always made it their own you know right 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 so um so you would know more than anyone but are, are they still active at all now uh, they are individual with their own things um um I mean, Chris is super active in terms of he runs a record label called glitter beat which puts out a lot of international artists sort of non-english singing uh bands um, and artists and that hacks and that actually has a, a, a imprint of its own or a sort of a spin-off of its own called tactile um which is more experimental and noise kind of stuff and so he does that he's in a group uh called dirt music that gets together and records every few years. Well, the face of evil has disappeared But his whimsical henchman was spotted near To the people in the galleries Who decide what's left to history uh, He produces a ton of things. He's produced Steve Wynn's albums. Uh, or maybe one Steve Wynn album, a lot of other, he's produced a lot. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, he's, he's just, he's kind of all over the place. Um, and then Mike, their old bass player has a label called drums and wires. Um, Carla's, uh, working on her second solo album, Terry Muller, the drummer. She has a band called the transmissionary six, which just put out a new album on Mike, Mike Wells's record label and Chris, guess sings on it so so you know they they yeah, still yeah they're, they're all active in some way or another um they're for, active you know. and they're still in it any uh you know you would have the inside thing any thoughts to ever doing like uh you know doing a reunion shows or anything like that I have no idea. Oh. Um, I'm not, I, I'm not, <laughs> we'll I'm not, out. I mean, you know, we'll, out, <laughs> well um, no, I, I shouldn't say I have no idea. I actually have a pretty good idea. It probably, probably not. Oh, um, probably not. Okay. But, okay. That's but you fine. know, I, who knows? I mean, the talking never say heads never. Just, they always say never say never though. Right. You know, the talking heads were just are, are doing appearances together these days. You know, I know, which you on... never would have like a year or so ago. You <laughs> never would have thought that, right? You never because exactly a lot of them like wouldn't weren't even speaking to each other, and all of a sudden they're playing. And, and, Chris, so, yeah. and Chris Ackman of all people says, "You know, I, I put money that they're going to play again." And uh, not that he, ah, he doesn't okay, okay. He, he doesn't know he doesn't have any insider knowledge, but he just said, ah, "I bet they're going to play again." Right, so right, I'm right. not I'm not going to say they're never going to play again. Okay, um, okay. that's fair. That's but fair. I would I would say it's. I wouldn't say it's likely, but you never know, you yeah. know, in several more years time, what could happen. Right, right. Um, all right. So prayer for you. I would say like kind of the epic, uh, real epic on the album. I mean, I feel I'm going to play a little bit of it, but there's so much tension and release on mm -hmm. this one prayer for you that I'll definitely pay, uh, play some of it underneath. And there's a really great uh, guitar solo that comes uh, later on towards the end. Right. Yeah, this is like the centerpiece of the album. I think so. Really. Yeah, I feel like for sure. Let's just do a little bit of a prayer for you.
I'll say a prayer for you, burning up the floorboards, burned up every piece, every place you stood, every second chance. Firewood. It's like, man, mm-hmm. there's some great lyrics there. <laughs> yeah, and, and like you said, that I mean, that album, that that that, that, uh, that track, it it has a lot of twists and turns and buildups and you know releases and everything else. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, really, uh, really uh, excellent yes. dynamics on this, and just um, just the amount of care and and put into the recording of it. It's like a shame. I feel like if they had stayed in uh, America, American label wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have put something like this out. It wouldn't have let them put all this together. So you know, you know, they they might now. This is the you know. Oh right, right, yeah, yeah. How, now they how ahead of their time. Not in the nineties. Uh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Like you said, you know, Fleet Foxes, Wilco. I mean, there's so much, you know, there's so much good. Uh, so many bands that were doing this kind of thing are getting their due now. Right, um, right, right. I guess that, that's just the nature of the record. They're always going to be chasing, chasing after stuff. And they're not. There's very few people that are going to have the vision to see something first. Yeah, uh, it's 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 not it's not. It's not fair, you know, but it's not, but, but it's, you know, that's life. Life's not fair. That's life. And, and, and this is, and you know, this is why I chose the walkabouts as someone to feature on this show, because I feel like this is kind of making up for that as, 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 you know, in, in my own, my, my, in my own little way, you know, I hope so. I hope many people like me were just sort of maybe, maybe heard of them, but had no idea and are, are going to dive into it now because it's definitely well worth it. Yeah. And this album is just, just the tip of the iceberg, like I said. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure. And like I said, they do have a band camp, so I would definitely recommend going to the band camp, uh, yeah. downloading some stuff, maybe even purchasing some vinyl, but uh, it's all really good. Yes. Yes, and they have, a, they have a website where all their stuff is, too, which probably links to Bandcamp, but okay. they do have a, yeah, an active website. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. All right, so this next one, Immaculate, uh, and outlier total outlier to the album right it's yeah yeah it's it, it's a total it's a total outlier for the whole band they they did nothing else like this this track and um yeah it, it, it kind of speaks for itself i think yeah 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 so let's do it immaculate
Yeah, yeah. It's a really cool song, but uh, it could definitely fit. It could be like some alternative band from the 80s or the 90s, you know, just <laughs> something that would be on on, uh, on an album like that. But still yeah. really great, but definitely an outlier for sure. Yeah, I mean, those those electronic burbles and, you know, and everything were, um, yeah, it's just such a, it's, it's such a nice little sort of undercurrent going through the whole thing. Um, yeah, it's nice. And, and I, I respect, I, I, I totally I have so much respect for a band like this that that as you said just sort of followed their their muse and whatever they wanted to do they didn't worry about you know getting oh well we found this uh, niche that's uh, that that people sort of so we're gonna stick with that it's like no they they're definitely uh, you know just in, in what little I did digging into different things it's like wow these they they really weren't afraid to just explore wherever they wanted to go yeah yeah and I have to say that it was hard to pick you know out of their eleven. 11 albums of original material, two albums of two really good albums of covers. And Chris and Carla have three of their own albums that they just did of, of songs that they just put together that are just as good as the walkabouts and stuff. It was hard to pick one album. Was <laughs> this, I, I could have, you know, I was changing my mind in my own, you know, all the time I was like, I don't know, maybe I should do acetylene instead, or maybe I should do uh, cataract instead. I mean, it was kind of like all over the place, but I, I just kind of settled on this one because it was. You have to pull the trigger. At some point, you have to pull you, the trigger. You have to pull the trigger. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fine. Uh, I didn't want to do the greatest hits album because they have a greatest hits album. I didn't want to do Oh, that. really? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. No, that, that's good. I, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, the, the next one, Nocturno, just a little instrumental interlude. I'll yeah. play it underneath. I'll play a little bit of it underneath. It's cool. It, it's really nice. And then it takes you into another really uh, orchestrated one, really nice song. Let's listen to a little bit of Heartless. This is where it starts. This is where it stops And when it finally stops I hope it starts right up Walk the glitter mine Hotels of sand And people say Lots of things Ain't my job To listen I don't believe What they say You've done I don't believe In anything Anything That lasts for long time I change my mind You say I'm heartless But I want the same thing That's a really nice line. Every time I change my mind, you say I'm heartless, uh, but I want the same things as you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, it is, you know, but, you know, as far as I know, Chris wrote those lyrics because um, he wrote all the songs. Um, but, it, but again, it's, it is kind of coming, you know, a, a male writer 
writing songs for a woman. Right, um, right, right, right. That, that, that dynamic again. Yes, yes, right, for sure. And just um, her delivery of his lyrics, it's something, you know, it's something, it's easy to take for granted, but it's really special when you get people that, that work together and that could, you know, one person could write these lyrics and someone else could deliver them so well. It's yes. not, uh, you know, it's not something that comes around every day and it is something really special when it, when it really just hits, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, so we got Slow Red Dawn. This uh, this one really paints a picture. Of, like I, I think you would tell me, someone uh, escaping a relationship for uh, for someone else, and um, you know there is a lot of uh, there there are a lot of relationship type things here, but they're not your standard things. You you know they're your standard relationship songs. There's definitely a little edge to them, and they definitely hit. yes yeah yeah they 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 definitely hit pretty uh, pretty hard and pretty deep. Like this yeah, I mean, there's there's something a little sinister about this about this scenario that is that is in the song, and it's it's you know like a lot of this their songs, it's in very short little snippets of 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 uh, of lyrics, which um, you kind of have to you know really process to to to, to pick that up. But. Right, right, yeah, for sure. All right, so let's do a little bit of slow red dawn. Need a better idea here, quick. For the sun's beating down on our necks Need a better idea Watch us speed to the end of the world Promise all that we've already heard Still we're nowhere I don't care to know all the details How you left him to shout down the stairs I don't care to So pretty, and and so this is a good example. Of what when you had mentioned to me that this is kind of a trilogy you felt with the Trippies and American Music Club, and if you like bands like that and Red House Painters and things like that, you would really love this uh, this album and this band. I think. Yeah, and I think that the key line in there was you know left when you left him shouting down the stairs, um, and you know it's kind of like the it's sung from the point of view who's of a of a guy who's sort of making an escape with a woman who's escaping a bad relationship um and driving off to the slow red dawn you know to, yeah 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 uh, they, they really... to, to, to some to some new city like it is a total this is the you know like it was a total escape from a bad situation but 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 uncertain as to what the escape is too that's kind of the Right. Well, that's a great uh, that's a great thing about it. They they paint. They're very evocative and everything, but it's not a lot of it's not specific where you could sort of fill in your own blanks to what's going on. Exactly, and that's my 
and my interpretation could be totally different from what you know what what Chris meant, and he will set right. the record straight if that's the case. Nah, Chris is probably, <laughs> Chris would wouldn't be right either. Maybe he he wouldn't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long; he he wouldn't remember. He'd probably make something up, and it wouldn't even be right. He, uh, you know, he's he's written so many songs at this point. He's like, I don't know. It, what I was... That's it. You know, come on, who could remember everything? <laughs> uh, I'm getting trouble for that one, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You'll be fine. All right. So uh, this next one, another really pretty song. It's funny. Uh, the album, I feel like kind of it's sequence strange because it really there's a really strong songs towards the end of the album. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And this one, I mean, I, you know, I, I, this one is just so powerful and so catchy. I mean, just everything about this, this, this song is just so uh, it's just kind of, you know, perfect and yeah it's and, great and, and, and it's right and it's towards the end it's the 11th song on the album it's right towards the end yeah it's really great um yeah, yeah so, if it was if it was mine to sequence i would have put it earlier on but well that, that's it, why no one's going to make you uh, sequence an album rory i hate to no they're not exactly <laughs> um <laughs> and, uh, and and you know maybe it's here for a reason because you know um anyway i think so i uh, yeah it's great though let's just do a little bit of harbor lights harbor lights will change your plans more than judge or jury can What a sight Flickering like prayers of grace How could you ever lose this place? What a sight But I'm sure I don't stand A ghost of a chance Stay here past the time when all my checks run out To stay here past the time when all my checks run out Chinese junks are drifting in The foghorn blows its lonely across the stars Listening fluorescent tears Finally know what kept me here Yeah, such a great, strong song. And, and uh, yeah, like we were saying, towards the end of a record, it's like, but it just kind of shows what, what a strong album it is. Uh, yeah. Totally, that you could put a song like this right towards the end. And this is, I mean, this is the definition of cinematic. I mean, yes, you know, the, right. the, yeah. and, and, and this is actually, the, I think, the most um, literal uh, in terms of, you know, a complete picture that this that this paints of somebody who's, um, you know, kind of hit the, the end of the line. It's like, you know, she's at a port city. Um, she's out of money she's bouncing checks and even the checks are running out right, right. Yeah. um and uh and um and i mean that's 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 what i get from this but you know just the the, the chinese junks and the harbor lights and everything it's just it's um you know these are places that you know most of it you can you can imagine these places may, that most of us have been to maybe you've even been there on vacation but this is not someone's vacation this is somebody who's at the end of the line you know it's it's right. like they don't have they don't have anywhere else to go to they're they're they've hit the ocean yep 
Um, all right, so the last two songs on it, uh, again, you have the, or- and I really appreciate the fact that the, uh, of the orchestration, these are actually like, I think you have Warren Ellis, I saw playing violin on these yes. last two songs. And, uh, and it's not just a synthesizer, you know, to sound like strings. I mean, they're using actual strings and it, <laughs> it definitely, uh, it definitely makes a difference. And, uh, let's listen to this next one, uh, Forever Gone. of light on the graveyard walk well your bright star was crashing was crashing the dark dreamed of a cold night it in place Dreamed of ship bells and thunder Ringing asunder Dreamed all the way home That you'd never go Talked up and down So, Rory, one thing I was going to ask you, I'm assuming you're a fan of Matt Johnson and the the. Uh, not, I mean, I I know a little bit about the, of his stuff. I'm not a huge fan. Um, really? Would you? I feel like Chris, uh, Chris and Matt have a very similar delivery in a lot of these. Well, well, maybe that's just something I need to I need to correct. Maybe I just need to listen to more. <laughs> I think so. I think the, it, the, it, it's, it's not it's not that I've avoided the the. Right, 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 right. This is a bandwidth issue, you know. I feel that there's a different kinship to them, just because Chris, when when he when he sings this stuff, there's a very classic, you know, sort of like a classic uh, crooner thing where you have um, someone just sort of interpreting. I mean, I mean, and obviously these are his lyrics, his own lyrics, so he's interpreting his own lyrics. But just a very classic, like you could almost say, like Sinatra or something like that, where they just sort of mm-hmm. you, you you just sort of feel everything in the lyrics, like the way uh, the the way they're delivering everything is just very well well thought out and well placed and well arranged. Yeah, and um, yes, definitely. And I think this is a good point, to, a good time to bring up a, how what a collaborative band the walkabouts were um, since Warren Ellis was on this song uh, at the time he was in the dirty three. I guess he's, I, I'm not sure if the dirty three are still around or not, but um, they were in Seattle when this album was being recorded and they got him out the next morning to, to, to do these songs. Um, but the walkabouts in their, in their time have collaborated with Peter Buck and Natalie Merchant and, oh, right, um, right, right, right. And, and Brian Eno produced one track of theirs. Uh, they've worked with the producer, Gary Smith, who I've heard his name come up. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the late Gary Smith. Um, so yeah, you know, there's a whole, a, a whole ton of other musicians they've collaborated with and appeared on other people's songs. You know, I mean, they're they're a very collaborative band in that way. Yeah, yeah, 
And um, yeah, well, that's that's it. And these are all great uh, people, and and you know, great recognizes great, you know. So. Yeah, 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 yes. And, and this last one has Warren Ellis on it as well. Right, Warren Ellis, and a very nice c- closer. Again, kind of that classic uh, delivery. Just that uh, it, it's almost like an old uh, timey thing, you know. With that never. That's what that's what uh, makes it very uh, timeless sounding to me. Where like if you didn't, you know, if you didn't know, you could say it could have come from any anytime a song like this um and there's mm-hmm. a nice closer to the album so let's do a little bit of nightbird nice and and you know what i really i i give um i give him so much credit because this is easily a song chris could have just sung by himself but the fact that mm-hmm. he uh you know he had him him and carla singing it together it just adds so much to it it's just so effective especially as a as the album closes. yes yes definitely um it's a, such a the, the whole album is just such a it's such a nice listen it's a good it's it's very it's the smoothest one to listen to of the, of the walkabouts. Um, oh, okay, you know, okay. They, they they rock out a lot more on other albums, um, and uh, you know they're, they're everything. They've done so much great stuff. Yeah, and that's great, and I'm glad you uh, brought them uh, once again. You know, you bring something to me that I maybe you have heard of but did not uh, dive into and listen to before, and I really enjoyed uh, listening to this and taking some of the other stuff this week and I recommend other people to do that um, this was great so I appreciate that Rory all the way from Slovenia uh, Slovenia and I, I want to correct the record on one little thing one little mistake I met it's Victor von von uh, Victor von Vuit, not Vincent von Vuit. oh okay alright you're the, the you're producer probably, of this record oh okay alright alright You may probably everybody only, forgot that I said that you may be I, the um, only one who would have even known that but okay Probably. Oh, I just called attention. I just called attention to the fact that I made a mistake. Because we're all about uh, this on, on this show, getting everything exactly correct. We're all about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't forget, everyone, uh, if you want to follow the show on Instagram and Facebook, it's at That Record Got Me High. On X, it's at TRGMH Podcast. You can email me at TRGMH33 at gmail.com. Most importantly, if you want to become a patron of the show, and contribute to the show and you can participate in our patreon episodes you go to patreon.com forward slash trjmh become a patron i would appreciate it rory thanks again this was great i'm glad we were able to work this out we tried it's hard like i said he's nine time zones ahead of me so this took a little uh <laughs> doing to get it uh worked out but i'm glad we were able to do this uh it was great to
And I just want to, and I just want to plug for being a patron, a Patreon, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's it's a good feeling. So right? I hardly enjoy, I hardly second what Rob, Rob says. Become a patron. Awesome. Thanks uh, so much. And, 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 and the, the, the cost of entry is not that high. It's not, <laughs> and I appreciate. I really appreciate all my patrons so much, and uh, I've got some new ones. And uh, yeah, you're all you're all great. We have a new uh, patron episode that'll be coming out. Like in, I think uh, maybe right before this one, or right around when this episode comes out. But uh, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you, Rory. We'll see you all next week. Until then, I'm Rob Elba. Bye.